1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly of WCBS 880 News. And today we are going American made. All American made. Right here in the New York area in Mount Vernon at Ball Chain Company. Ball Chain, as I understand it, is a type of chain. And look at all of the different types of products that Bill Tobner's company makes. And then there are multiple categories under these categories, and that's just the start of it. Ball Chain is also the exclusive supplier to the United States military for the iconic ID dog tag necklaces worn by our service members. How about that? We also wanted to talk to a local manufacturer, because manufacturing is an important industry that is undercovered in the media. Producer Neil A. Caruso will join us too. Bill, first of all, how's business?
0: Business is good. Um, we work hard here, but business is very good, and thanks for asking. And It's great to be on the show today, Joe.
1: Thank you. Um, where are most of your customers located, Bill?
0: Well, for the ball chains, um, all over the world, actually, we um, supply, they cha- we make about 4 million feet of ball chain every week here in Mount Vernon, New York. And every we- week? Every week. And we make it in a variety of different metals, ranging from carbon steels to stainless steels to brass, um, aluminum, um, and we ship literally all over the world.
1: What? What? It- I don't know if you can even answer this. I mean, what are most of these ball chains used for, other than dog tags?
0: So you'll see them, obviously, for the military dog tags. You'll see them in toilets, uh, part of the flush mechanism. Uh, So American Standard Kohler-type products. You'll also see them on handbags, uh, luggage tags. You'll see them on ceiling fans. You'll see them on light poles. You'll see them on... um, that, um, chains that used to attach like carpet samples together, chains that used to attach uh, paint chips together. Uh, they're re- called retaining chains, so you'll see them on the back of machines that uh, where the caps are hanging. You'll see them on roller shades. Um, you'll see them in jewelry, both costume jewelry and also precious metal jewelry.
1: Wow. Now, do you make big chains for chain-link fences, or do you stay smaller?
0: Uh we don't, but you know something we do make very large ball chains. So most people will be familiar with the chains that you see on ceiling fans and also military dog tags. But we also make um very large ball chains um as large as five eighths of an inch. And those are used. We have a product line called Shimmer Screen, and those chains are used for chain curtains and uh sort of like partitions and um and also in and other different uh retail type stores.
1: I just realized I'm a customer. I guess
0: <laughs> a lot of people are, and they're just not aware of it. But it's you know, if you look around for ball chains, you'll see it in so many different places. Um, it's literally, it's you know, it's it's all it's all over the world, and it's in many different products.
1: And you also went into what seems to me to be a completely different product line, which is <laughs> often risky, and you'd never know how it's going to work out but you started making COVID masks.
0: Yeah, so we, we actually don't make the masks, but I'd love to tell you the story and um, if you'd like to hear it. Yeah. So back in the beginning of 2020, when the pandemic was at its highest, um, every place, including Westchester County and many places around here, were looking for, had a shortage of PPE, specifically masks. Um, a friend of mine who actually is a president of the Westchester County Association, had reached out to me and asked me if we could make manufacture masks in our factory here. Um, It wasn't something that we were able to do. Um, So we ended up looking into it um, with a little encouragement from a few people. Um, We looked into it and decided to see what we could do to help. Uh, We quickly found out that the mask industry uh, was full of uh, a lot of nefarious people, a lot of people who were bringing counterfeit masks to markets, a lot of people who were bringing mass that didn't meet standards to market. We ended up um, forging two exclusive distribution relationships uh, directly with a company called Powcom and another one called Harley. And they make KN95s over in China. Their KN95s had been authorized by the FDA under an EUA to be used by healthcare professionals in healthcare settings when N95s are short in supply. So our mantra over here is always to, and we, we always wanted to do it the right way. And that's the way we did it. So we only bought direct. We never purchased from any middlemen, agents, third parties, intermediaries. And people and we put people could count on us for authentic mass at met standards. That was the important part of it. So we never veered from that. And we built up our business based upon that trust. Um, and you know, people started to take notice. New York Times wrote articles about a scientific American, and we supply, you know, we have well over a million customers. Throughout the United States, throughout the world, um, you know, the other day and during the State of the Union, Bernie Sanders is actually wearing one of our Palcom masks as well.
1: So that's interesting in that it's really you became a distributor. That's and right. You used your con- obvious skills and connections in manufacturing in a new arena, and uh, it's worked out well for you. That that. That's not exactly a pivot. That's a whole new business model for part of it, your business.
0: It is. And you're right about that. Um, just to talk about, you know, like the ball chain part of the business, we're the sole remaining U S of ball chains. We're also the largest in the world. And we've done that through um, diversification, um, innovation, and uh, also quite a bit of automation. Um, but I would say the foundation for all of that would be hard work. Um, and, My dad um, and my family were always brought up to treat people the way you want to be treated yourself, do the right thing and be people of your word. And that's sort of the way we run our business. And that's so when we pivoted over to the mask business, before we just went out there and started to sell masks, we did our homework, we did our research, we stayed consistent and true to who we are. And that resonated in that particular marketplace because of all the people and other people are out there selling masks that, you know, weren't necessarily meeting standards. Bill, you know, I was going to ask you how you've been able to sustain manufacturing in the U.S., especially <laughs> with costs rising and inflation. Sure. So how have you been able to do that? So we've been able to do that through innovation. Um, we've added services to our product. So, for example, um, let's just take the uh jewelry industry. So prior when people could um, easily purchase chains overseas, we've automated as much as we possibly can. So if somebody wants a hundred thousand, uh, let's say keychain four-inch lengths, we're able to do that to make well over a hundred thousand pieces automatically without any uh, human uh, touching on it. In other words, a cutting and connecting of the chain. So by adding that automation, that's enabled us to really stay uh, competitive uh, throughout the industry. The other big thing is our quality. Our quality for the chain is, I would say, uh, it's number one by far. So when whether we're making chain for high-end jewelry companies or making chain for roller shades or making chain for just costume jewelry, everything that we produce out of here is of the highest quality. We've also added some services. Um, there was a company that, um, that also painted our chain a, a number of years ago years ago for a long time. And so if you want to change to be coated black or white, we actually ended up purchasing, we actually worked with that company to develop a pro- proprietary method of painting it. And what we ended up doing was buying that company we brought them here. So we added more, more um, services here, but also created more jobs here as well. Wow. And, and so Bill, you know, what do you think the future manufacturing is? Cause obviously things have gone overseas, but, Pandemic showed us how important local manufacturing uh, is when it comes to national emergency that we had. That's right. You know, something having a manufacturing base here in the United States is so important. It's important for a bunch of different levels. It's important for the uh, for the country. And it's also important for um, the economy, but it's also important for people. Um, the future of it, I think I think people are starting to realize that we're bringing more jobs back and a variety of different jobs. Um, we are here to stay, and uh, we very much uh, you know, enjoy producing and proud of the fact that we're producing the chain here in the U.S.
1: This is so interesting and is such an example, I think, of what I mentioned in the beginning, you know, that manufacturing is undercovered in the media. This is a heck of a story that, that you tell. Oh, thank you. And you never know what's going on in businesses that you drive past, you know, on, on on the highway. I find it really interesting. And you seem to love it.
0: I do love it. You know, and you should, uh, you guys are relatively local. If you ever want to come by, we're right in Mount Vernon. Um, you get a kick out of it. It's a lot of fun. And we do work hard here, but it's, uh, at the end of the day, I think it's it's very rewarding. And, and you're right, I do love it.
1: And I just wanted to ask a question similar to what Neil asked. The company was started in your great-grandfather's garage behind the house in the Bronx. That's right. How have you prevented, in addition to automation, some big corporate company coming in and just taking your business?
0: You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of know-how in our business. There's a lot of, um, I would say, cost to get started. So overcoming those for a low margin item and uh, probably would be difficult for people, but the know-how is probably the most important uh, part of it and probably the biggest barrier to entry.
1: Very interesting. Neil, one more question? Yeah. I mean, that's fascinating, and you're running a family business, and how do you think it's sustained in all these generations? Because it's not
0: easy for family businesses to sustain what you're in the fourth generation now, right? Yeah. So I work with my two brothers. Um, My dad's retired. He's still chairman of the board, but uh, my brothers and I get along beautifully, and we work as a team. Um, so it, that's the most important part. So as long as everyone gets along, works hard, um, obviously we've been successful. We've had our you know difficulties in terms of business. There's always business problems, but we think our way through it, and uh, you know, if we get knocked over, we dust ourselves off and get right back up.
1: That is Bill Tobner president i believe you said of the family business ball chain company based in in mount vernon and uh thank you very much good to know you bill
0: it's good to know you too and i really appreciate it gentlemen thank you